Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. This is Fallon Ballard here with my intrepid co-host, <laughs> Courtney K. Courtney, <laughs> how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you, my fabulous Fallon? I'm good. You know, hanging in there. I feel like I've we've almost made it through the first week of like sort of being back to normal. Yeah. And so I'm like looking forward to next week. I feel like I'm going to be a little bit more like in the groove. Yes. At that point. Yeah. But yeah. We survived. Um, We did. (laughs) And was like, oh, you and I had a very fun little Disney shopping spree. Yeah, we did. I, it was my fault, I think, because I think I said on the last time we were recording that I want the Scarlet Witch ears and mm-hmm. I haven't seen them in the parks forever. So I was like, oh, they're probably gone, which means you can only find them on eBay and they're going to be like $150. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to check Shop Disney just in case. <laughs> and then I was like, oh shit, there they are. And because my husband is a cast member, we've got <laughs> a pretty sweet discount on the merch. And so I was like, I feel like I need these. And then, of course, I immediately texted you and I was like, do you also need these? <laughs> and I obviously said yes, because we've unlocked a new thing called Disney math. <laughs> it's so bad, you guys. It's so bad. I have not bought a pair of ears in, I mean... I did buy the purple ones last year because of just my type. But like before that, it had been years, years since I bought a pair of ears. <laughs> since going to Disneyland with Courtney, I have bought like three pairs <laughs> and two lounge fly backpacks. <laughs> what have you done to me? <laughs> oh, no. No, I'm not mad about it at all. So I was texting Jessica Plata because, you, as you know, Jessica and Gretchen Schreiber are like our fellow Disney fanatics. And now I am like learning about the different levels of Disney adult fandom, like mm-hmm. how deep you can go. So I have um, things to unlock. I have to find... <laughs> Um, like a favorite Disney YouTuber. That's Jessica is like my mentor in this situation. So I have to find that. Um, apparently yesterday and today are the only days all year that you can get a pass. Yeah. Um, I think they sold out like halfway through the day yesterday. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And that makes me very sad. (laughs) But I also kind of understand that, like, or else everybody would have a pass, probably. Yeah. Um, And it would be kind of out of control. But anyway, I can't metamorphose into my full Disney adult this year because of the pass situation. But it'll be a two-phase process. I mean, the Next good news year. for you is you have a friend with a cast member <laughs> pass. <laughs> so well, I and think we, we'll still get some trips in. We have so much fun together. Yes. And, um, but I did, I got matching Spider-Man ears with you. And I also got the Spider-Man lounge flight. Now these were on sale. So yeah. everything I got was like the price of like 
less than one backpack. Yeah, so basically, you got a really good deal. Yeah, in Disney math, that's free. Yeah, it was totally free. Also, I have never, didn't even know this was a thing that you could do, but I pre-ordered a pair of ears that come out next week that match the right on cue cover. Yeah. Because I was like, you know what? If Disney is going to bless me with ears the same color as my book cover, then I have to buy them. Like... Yeah, I just have to. There's Obviously. no other way around that. So you know, I love it how is you what take, it is. Yeah, and I love how, you always take a photo with your book. Yeah, with the castle with your ears. It's marketing. Yeah, so it's like so you have off. to do it for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I am not an accountant. Please don't take my tax advice. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to say that at least once an episode or I'm going to get sued. <laughs> like, I am not an accountant. Do not take my oh, advice. When I was writing, I think the second book, you know, do you ever, when you're writing, get things like you get in this mindset, like, oh my God, if I just get a new notebook, it's going to unlock everything for this draft and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to finish it in like a day. Like mm-hmm. I just need that yeah. notebook. So totally. <laughs> I would, I would do everything with that. Like, oh, I need a new lotion scent because it'll just like <laughs> unlock it. Oh, I need like a new plant to put on my desk. And I had this thought and I was like, could I write off this plant? I mean, you can definitely write off your notebooks that you for sure can. That's um, like a legit tool. <laughs> oh my God. But uh, I... yeah, that, thinking back to those like frenzied moments makes me laugh. Just how your brain like. Yeah. Works. Justifies itself. Um, I have started doing this thing. I started it with the holiday book and we'll see if it continues. Actually, that's not true. I've done it before then too, where I buy a candle that smells like a hero. Yes. And then I just like have it going like while I'm writing. And I think there is something to that. Like the scent Mm -hmm. memory of it, because as I am going back and doing edits on the holiday book, I'm like, okay, I got to like get myself in the zone. So I just light that little candle and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. I'm ready. That's amazing. I, I've heard that like before you sit down for a writing session, if you have like something specific that you do every time that's just for that, your brain then like kicks into that's um, smart. like, oh, it's time. It's time yeah. to write. Like I was reading that Margot Robbie uses uh, a different perfume scent for every character mm. she does to like become that character. Like she she gives them a scent. Mm-hmm. Like oh, oh my god, wait, do I need to do that for writing? I love that. But like I the candle, that. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Also, I want to know what her scent is for Barbie. Oh, I want to know. Yeah, I'm it. just like obsessed with Margot Robbie. <laughs> she is like. It's like not fair. She's like, she's so ridiculous. smart, so like business savvy. So I, we could have a whole podcast just talking about Margaret Robbie. Yes. Um, okay. <clears throat> I was gonna say I think I saw a movie. Oh, was it Saltburn? I saw like a random movie where she was like a producer on it, and I was like, how how does she even have time for this? Also, Saltburn. Wow. What a trip. (laughs) I have heard the wildest things about that film. I am not like 
squeamish. It's not like gory squeamish. But there was a scene, Courtney, I literally had to cover my eyes because it was so weird and disturbing. And Mm. like, I was just like, will you um should i watch it should i watch this movie i mean it's a fascinating movie i will tell you i think it's a story that has been done like a hundred times before so there wasn't anything about the plot that i was like oh this is so cool or interesting Mm. or different but like the performances are so good and it's so weird it's so weird But also, I saw Poor Things last night, which is also so weird, but in a delightful way. And, Mm. like, I... It was just so strange, but I loved it so much. Emma Stone is so good. Um, And Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things? I was not expecting that at all, but he was, like, perfection. The Hulk. Yeah. The Hulk, baby. It's hard to, like, not see him as Hulk, you know, when he, like, he's uh-huh. one of those actors that, like, I feel like every time I see him, I see Hulk. Like, he doesn't, but this one was really good and probably, like, one of the best things he's done. Oh, So, his whole career, I've only been able to see him as um, 13 going on 30. Mm-hmm. Was that guy? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. He's just, but I just, I like how he talks. There's something about the way he <laughs> talks that, like, is so soothing. I don't know. I love that guy. He does have, like, a very calming voice. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is just, like, makes... really. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it just is an interesting dynamic considering that he's the Hulk, but his voice is, like, so, like, chill. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. I love how we've been watching so many movies lately. I know. It's really good for my brain. I really like it. I mean, I Me always too. do it at this time of year because I try to see, like, the award movies. Even though, like, half the time I'm like, I'm not seeing that shit. Like, I'm not watching Oppenheimer. I'm not watching it. I'm I, sorry. I no, I'm just not. Yeah. I don't have any no. desire. I'll watch Barbie again. <laughs> yeah. I'll watch watching. 12 hours of The Avengers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which should be getting Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, all right, so how are you doing on your journey? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I am on the Thor movies. Oh, and there are four because there's Love and Thunder. Okay, so I watched the first one, which is just Thor, um, and he's just like such a like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute. I love him. Like he's just like oh, I don't. He's just like such a himbo like he just has like such a big heart and like big emotions in the big body and like he doesn't know what to do with it all just love him so much he's got me he's like in this century the original himbo Mm -hmm. like he really brings that energy Uh, but also are you obsessed with darcy because i'm obsessed with darcy okay kat dennings is one of my favorite actors because she's consistent in every role she plays i fucking love her she's hilarious in thor yeah she's perfect she's perfect she she pops up in one division too so if you keep watching that you'll get to see her there yay um okay and then i i am almost done like i have like 15 minutes left of the second one i think it's like the dark world or something like that yeah um and loki has become a very like complicated and layered character um i love his character and and I vacillate between hating him and loving him. Um, 
Yeah. But I think that's just, I'm getting to realize that's, that's just Loki. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and that's why we love him. I'm so excited for you to watch Ragnarok. I think I'm going to try to watch it this weekend so that we can maybe talk about it next week. Hey, it's next yeah. for me. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, before we get into today's episode, oh, wait, we have- shoot. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Is Ragnarok when you get to see his butt? Uh, What's the one I mean, where you get to see his butt? I don't think- Oh, that's in Love and Thunder. <laughs> okay, yeah. yay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but <laughs> Ragnarok's got plenty of eye candy, so we're good. We're uh, good. Moving on to important matters. Yes. So we, before we lead into today's episode, have a book that we want to share with you guys. And I know that I have been talking about how I want to read more historical this year. So we were lucky enough to get an early copy of The Lily of Ludgate Hill by Mimi Matthews, which first of all, obviously you can't see it, but it has the most gorgeous cover. Like it's, it's so beautiful. It's so freaking cute. If you, I and if you love outfit. <laughs> right and if you love um a pink cover oh my god Mm. you're gonna love this one yeah is it weird to say that i love how this cover has movement it does have movement it's like an action scene yeah i love it all right so this is the third book in the bells of london series which i have not read the other two but i definitely am gonna look at picking them up um i suck at summarizing books so i'm just gonna read you the back of the book so i don't mess it up Um, All right. So Lady Anne Deverell doesn't spook easily. A woman of lofty social standing known for her glacial beauty and starchy opinions. She's the unofficial leader of her small group of equestrians. Since her mother's devastating plunge into mourning six years ago, Anne has voluntarily renounced any fanciful notions of love and marriage. And yet when fate pulls Anne back into the entirely too enticing path of Mr. Felix Hartford, she's tempted to run right into his arms (laughs) no one understands why lady anne withdrew into the shadows of society heart least of all the youthful torch he once held for her has long since cooled or so he keeps telling himself but now anne needs a favor to help a friend heart will play along with her little ruse on the condition that anne attend a holiday house party at his grandfather's country estate no more morning clothes no more barriers only the two of them unrequited feelings at last laid bare Finally free to gallop out on her own, Anne makes the tantalizing discovery that beneath the roguish exterior of her not-so-white knight is a man with hidden depths, scorching passions, and a tender heart. Oh, scorching passions. Is this passions. Yeah, so I, like, so this is forced proximity, which I freaking love. It is childhood friends to lovers, which always gives you, like, so much angst and drama. Um, But I really also loved, like, how uh, the main character, how Anne has, like, a lot of her own shit to kind of work through. And I probably shouldn't say shit when we're talking about other people's books, but whatever. Um, I know what you mean. (laughs) We've all got shit to work through. No, um but you know she has like some emotional trauma that she has to deal with which i always love to see in a romance i don't that sounds bad but i like to see people working through their emotional trauma it's relatable (laughs) gives me hope that i can someday work through my emotional trauma and we all need that yeah um so we are going to do a giveaway for a copy of this book on our instagram 
Uh, if you're listening to this on the day that it airs, it will be this Friday. So go check it out. Make sure you're following us and you can enter to win a copy. Super exciting. Yeah. And um, otherwise, the publication date is January 16th. Yeah. Um, so as a time of release date, that'll be the, it'll be out it's everywhere. Out. Yep. By Berkeley Publishing and uh, Mimi Matthews. So. So exciting. Um, and also exciting is our episode today. We chatted with the lovely Nina Kumar, who is just delightful. Oh, and also, I know she has perfect skin. And I know oh, that yes. none of you can see her. But as we were recording this, I was just like so captivated the whole time because I'm like, I've literally never seen like such poreless, gorgeous skin in my life. And I was very jealous. Um, and she's also, just a beautiful person. We need to have her back on to uh, tell us <laughs> her skincare routine. Yeah. Seriously, it was amazing. Um, but we chat about all kinds of fun things, including sister wives, which, you know, I'm always here for. <laughs> that was fun. That was funny. <laughs> so sit tight and we'll be right back with Nina. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy to Meet Cute. We are so excited to be here. This is actually our first recording of 2024. Almost forgot what year it is there. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are super, super stoked to have uh, Nina Kumar with us here today. I'm obsessed with her book, so I cannot wait to chat more with her. Uh, Nina Kumar is a lawyer by day and a reader and writer of romance at night. She lives in Texas close to her family whose antics provide endless inspiration. When she's not writing, she enjoys taking her rowdy rescue dog on walks, rewatching Gilmore Girls on a loop, and shopping at HEB. Say You'll Be Mine is her debut novel. I, first of all, as I was reading your bio, as I was putting this together, I was like, what is HEB? <laughs> I have never heard of this place. <laughs> it's a magical it's a magical grocery store um very popular in the state of texas okay i think it's open in texas but people here have a very um devoted loyalty to heb it's just the best grocery store okay Ooh. i i'm like adding it to my list like when i am in texas these are the things i have to do go to HEB is a must yeah all right good to know well welcome we are so excited to have you here thank you so much for coming on to chat with us today of course thanks for having me happy debut year thank Woo! you how are you feeling and I'm feeling good I'm feeling good today <laughs> that's so valid that's fair. That's totally yeah. fair. As we're recording this, you're basically like a week away from debut. So this mm -hmm. is when things like start to get a little bit intense, but it's going to be amazing and so exciting yes. and all the things you want it to be. Um, so do you want to start by telling us just a little bit about the book? Sure. So Say Will Be Mine is a fake engagement rom-com um, between two Indian American characters who both are experiencing some matchmaking pressure from their parents uh, in different ways. And so they decide to fake an engagement. Meghna, our main character, is also on board with the fake engagement because her ex is getting married. 
And it's kind of a little bit of a my best friend's wedding situation. They're really good friends still. And so he asks her to be the best man. So it's fake engagement, some wedding shenanigans, and some matchmaking and meddling families all combined. It's so fun. So good. (laughs) So good. Um, I have to say, I hate the ex-boyfriend like with a passion (laughs) like I I, it's not often like reading a book where I'm like wow I loathe this person (laughs) (laughs) I was like you are the worst human being ever um so good job with that yeah (laughs) good job (laughs) yeah he I mean I'm not gonna say he's based on anyone in particular but he's he's maybe a combination of people (laughs) Your secret nice. is safe with us. <laughs> <laughs> you Taylor Swift your heart out. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of fun about like being a writer. I'm like, I kind of hope that people yeah. who like did me wrong in the past, like read my books and like think that they're their villain. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you totally yeah. are. Yeah. Always leave them it's guessing. Healthy, it's a healthy coping mechanism, I think. Like, no. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, well, I would love to hear a little bit about your inspiration for this book. Like, where did, how did this idea come to you? Sure. So I, I love fake dating stories. So, and this is the first book I, I've ever written. And I just, I wanted to write something fun. I decided I wanted to do fake dating, fake engagement. And I was thinking about why people would agree to a fake relationship. And I was living at home during the pandemic with my parents, who are lovely. Um, but matchmaking is something that's a frequent topic of conversation (laughs) and has been for a long time, like since I was in my early twenties. So it's been a while. Um, and they're great. And they had an arranged marriage themselves. A lot of people in my family did. It's like a pretty normal thing for us culturally. I just was never super excited and about it. And I've seen some of the candidates and I'm even less excited (laughs) having seen some of them. It's just, it's, um, something I wasn't super into and the idea of like getting them to stop bringing it up if I had a relationship sounded fun and like pretending to have a relationship just so those conversations would stop sounded fun so that's kind of the the inspiration behind it um we were also like Indian matchmaking was on Netflix and we watched that all together and that brought up some interesting conversations like all of that was happening at the same time and that's kind of where the story comes from that's amazing. Oh, so this is your first novel. What brought you to romance? So I was always a romance reader. I think I started reading romance like in high school. So I read it for years and years and years. And then, and I tr- I think I, I don't think I ever tried to write it though. I kept trying to write other things and, and things I didn't read. Like I was trying to write like <laughs> YA fantasy and it's like, why? I never... <laughs> I do we like all- it, but I don't read enough about it. I, I was reading like two ram- romance novels a week and I still was like trying <laughs> to write other stuff. So um, I had a good friend who she's a nonfiction writer, but she loves romance. And she told me you should try like, why are you trying other things? Like you should try writing a romance. And then this is what I wrote. Wow. That's amazing. I feel That's like we cool. all go through that YA fantasy pipeline, which is so strange. Like, why, yeah, do we do why that? is it that? I don't. <laughs> I mean, they're great YA fantasy books. It's just, yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> I I have a hunch that it's like our comfort go-to because mm. I think a lot of us like grew up and YA fantasy had like the big up and coming moment. It's like, oh, well, I think that's, yeah, yeah like, I think that's probably true. Like the books I really like loved from my 
yeah childhood teen years yeah that's true i love it <laughs> we're all like uh actually no this is not going to yeah, work like you can set things in the contemporary world and you don't have to make a whole yeah. it's, it's great i love it's it a little bit easier um but one thing i loved about the book i think is like I feel like it's so hard sometimes with fake dating and fake engagement in a contemporary romance to make it feel realistic, but just like the whole setup for it felt like so seamless. And like, I was like, oh, I could see like this actually happening. Whereas sometimes in those, like, especially like marriage of convenience and contemporary, you're like, nobody's going to do this. This doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But this one, I was like, oh, okay. Like I totally bought in right away. And I loved just like how realistic and grounded it felt in real life that was super cool thanks yeah I mean came from some real matchmaking pressure in real life so yeah. I hope it felt a little bit <laughs> a little bit grounded I loved it and I was saying before we started recording that uh, I was a junior high musical theater teacher for four years so I felt mm -hmm. a very special connection um, we'll chat more about that later um, but did you did you feel like drawn to making her a teacher for any particular reason or did that just kind of come with the theater background? I, so I knew I wanted her to have a theater background. I think, um, you know, something I was thinking about with like South Asian characters and romance novels is we don't see a ton of them in the arts. And I think that's true in real life too. Like there aren't a lot of, I mean, we're seeing more and more South Asian writers, artists, but I wanted to, have someone who was in the arts and kind of explore the cultural tension that comes with that sometimes. And so um, I wanted her to want to be in theater, but have always been a little bit scared because she's lacking that encouragement, maybe even like lacking the role models of seeing other South Asian people in theater. Um, and so I knew I wanted her to be in theater, but I wanted her to still be a little scared of pursuing it. And so I, you know, I gave her a job like a teacher, which she enjoys and gave her a little bit of an avenue to explore theater. Um, but she still has these dreams of doing a little, you know, a little bit something different, wanting to be a um, write screenplays, not screenplays, sorry, write plays, just normal plays. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where that came about. Um, and then I was not a theater teacher, but I was a theater kid who could not act, sing or dance. So I was, I was um, always just like hanging around the theater kids and uh, I helped with costumes. I did like a little bit of assistant stage managing, um, but there's just something so special about middle school, high school theater scenes and that group and like hanging out backstage, that energy. Like I just wanted to do a little bit, you know, put a little bit of that in the book. I love that. I love that. Speaking too. to my soul as a theater kid who can't sing. <laughs> it's a, it's a rough place. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is like the greatest tragedy of my life is how much I love musical theater and how much I can't sing. <laughs> I bet you can sing. She's only saying that because she can sing. <laughs> no, I was in choir, but so there were like the choir kids that hung out in high school and then the theater kids that hung out in high school. And sometimes they would like, you know, overlap. But I, the theater kids were always, like, cooler because they had, like, the charisma. <laughs> so the choir kids, I think, were always a little bit secretly jealous of the theater kids. I 
thought you were going to say that they would like, you know, were secretly nemesis and would like, you know, have dance battles. <laughs> There's a good YA. Ooh. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that a little bit later because of course we have more to say on, on that topic. But we did want to chat today um, about some writing stuff. So in particular, um, brainstorming, coming up with with new ideas, sort of how that process happens, how you kind of flesh that stuff out. Um, but I, you were saying this was like the first book you'd ever really written. So how did you sort of start that process with the brainstorming and sort of getting everything together? Yeah, I really fell into it without knowing what I was doing. And then like halfway through drafting kind of figured it out. But I um, I tried to write before, but I was always pantsing books, which is why I never finished more than like the first chapter. I just got sorry, I think I hit the mic. Should I start over? No, you're fine. Oh, no, you're okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I was always trying to pants books and I would get stuck because I just didn't know what I was supposed to do next. So I decided... I decided this was going to be the book. I was going to just finish it and I was going to try an outline. So I made an outline just kind of based on having read a bunch of romance novels and like what I felt intuitively should happen. And then halfway through drafting, I discovered that there were books on craft in the world (laughs) and it was great. Like people, it was like that moment in Wizard of Oz where you see the man behind the curtain. It was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Someone has sat and figured out the structure of these things. It's so helpful. And um, I think, I mean, I read a couple different ones, but Romancing the Beat was just like fit with my brain. And I was able to, like, I went back to the outline, kind of filled in where those beats should go. And it helped me figure out what's missing. And that was kind of, and then I wrote the rest of the book, edited it a bunch. But I think I love the framework of a beat sheet. I love just having a good, outline in place. Um, and I track it pretty closely, at least so far. But um, yeah, I'm really into structure in life and in in books. Yeah, it's amazing. I am similar to you. And Fallon is opposite. And it's fun. I love hearing about everybody's different processes. But romancing the beat is yeah, like my Bible. <laughs> yep. I love that thing. Yeah. Um, were there any other books that you enjoyed as well? craft books um I've read other ones and I usually give up pretty Mm -hmm. soon into them (laughs) so I mean I read Save the Cat and I do like it I just have never had a huge external non-romance plot line Um, yeah I've I've heard it's more helpful if you've got that I have a copy of Story Genius and I've never read it (laughs) I have like I have a couple others too but um yeah mostly just romancing the beat it's a good one and it's nice that it's like bite-sized you could read it so Mm -hmm. fast yeah. Um, so did your, I'm assuming that you are working on a second book at this point. Mm-hmm. So did you sort of shift your process when you were in the beginning stages of this one? Yeah, I think I, um, I mean, I did something similar, like where I still, I like to just have a rough brainstorming period for a couple months almost where I'm just writing down things like my notes app on my phone, just random ideas that come up. And I usually will make some master document of all the random brainstorming and it's 15 pages long. And then I cobble that into an outline. And then I like to like insert the beats last. 
So I have like my plot, what I feel like should happen. And then I go through and identify the beats after the fact and then figure out if there's anything else I need to add. So that's kind of what I did for book two. Um, It felt a little easier, like instead of having to reinvent the wheel, like the wheel was there and I could just kind of go through it. Um, And that's kind of, I mean, I'm kind of brainstorming book three right now or what I hope will be book three and um, kind of doing that process the same way. Amazing. Yeah. It it's a game changer when you find your process for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. And it's like I always have felt as a pantser, like I want to be more of a plotter. Like I'm like, I feel like I should aspire to these things that people do that are like so organized and like well thought out. But I think I've just accepted at this point that that's not gonna work for me. Um and so I think it's cool that you are pretty early on and you've sort of, you've found your process and what mm-hmm. works for you. And that is, once you can find your process and accept that that's your process, <laughs> then it's like, ah, oh, everything is amazing now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's nice when you find what fits, but I was always envious of pantsers. Like most of my, my close, like in my close writing circle, they're all pantsers. And I just, I think there's like so much magic in that, mm-hmm. that I don't know how to capture. Um, but I think it's so cool if you can just sit down and come up with a story. Like my my brain takes a long time to to be able to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, so when you're coming up with like new ideas, how I mean, obviously with this first one, you had some sort of like real life inspiration that you were drawing from. So with you know book two and then possible book three, are you drawing from like that sort of same well, or are you looking in other places for inspiration? Uh, I think it always comes from someplace in my life, like something from real life is going to inspire. Um, so book two, which I can talk about more when I talk about what I'm working on. But I think the I think the idea for it was already in like my announcement. So I can say but um, so I grew up in Houston, where we have a lot of hurricanes. And I've gone through a lot of hurricanes. Um, and I just always wanted to set a rom-com during a hurricane. So that's what book two is. It's about you know, these two people who are trapped together in a house during a four-day natural disaster, which I've been trapped with my family in a house during a four-day natural <laughs> disaster. And it is quite, I mean, tensions are high, emotions are high, there's a lot going on. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to set a book in that kind of an atmosphere. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, not cool that, you know what I mean? Like, sorry about all the hurricane experience, but I... There's too many. It's a... Climate change is a real issue. Yeah. 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 Um, But, like, the tension and, like, the atmosphere, I could already picture it, and it's going to be incredible. Thanks. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Very cool. I... Courtney, how do you normally come up with your new ideas? I was... It's so funny because I was going to ask Nana that question you asked, and then I was just going to ask you the question you asked me. <laughs> We're like just a hive mind at this point. Um, lately, I just, I get so much inspiration. I think it changes, you know, as you just keep going. But lately, it's been movies, like films, mm. and just like feeding the story beast. I think V.E. Schwab calls it that. Just like consuming movies and films and like other um mediums of story and just kind of seeing what sparks an idea um and I, I get tons of ideas that way like oh I love this concept but what if 
I twisted it this way or what if, and then it usually becomes something completely different. But, um, but yeah, I, I love like cinematic things and like kind of translating that onto the page. Um, so I think that's why like I'm inspired visually or by cinema. I don't know. What about you, Fallon? Yeah, mine kind of come from all over the place, but I definitely pull from pop culture. I think a lot. Um, just seeing something that will kind of spark an idea, like the ending of the uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before series is yeah. how I got the idea for just my type. That's um, right. So, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I maybe I'm saying that because it gives me an excuse to watch more TV and I mean. movies. <laughs> like, it's work. It's research. I literally had a thought the other day and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many movies I want to see, but it's like actually an investment of time because it's research. It's a write-off. It totally is. Yeah. Those movie tickets, rentals, it's all write-offs. That's my favorite phrase on this podcast. It's a (laughs) write-off. Just picture David and Schitt's Creek. It's a write-off. It's a write-off. I do. I was... watching magic mike the other day which is legitimately research and (laughs) my husband came in and he's like what are you watching and i'm like i'm watching magic mike and he's like are you kidding me and i'm like no it's for work and he's like okay and i'm like no it's for work and this is my job (laughs) i take it very seriously now I'm curious to see what he's going to start, quote unquote, watching for work. <laughs> Keep us posted. Oh. oh my gosh. He could get into some trouble there. <laughs> All right. Well, while we're chatting about TV, let's dive in because you have two incredible shows that you wanted mm-hmm. to chat about. I have not watched Gilded Age, but it has no. been on my watch list forever mostly just because I like the costumes look Mm -hmm. so amazing. Um, So you are a fan. Tell us all about it and why we should watch. I am a fan. So it's, um, if anyone watched Downton Abbey, it's the same creator. And I was a big Downton Abbey fan because it's basically a soap opera in nice costumes. Um, And that's what this show is too. (laughs) Like it's such a great soap opera. That's such a great explanation. (laughs) It's like, it's the real housewives of 1920s New York. <laughs> Sold. I, oh, mean, I would say less. <laughs> um, and I just adore it. It's, it really is like, I think if you're a historical romance girly, like if you like the 1920s atmosphere, like there's so much here. Um, it's a lot of old money versus new money New York. And kind of the characters at, at play are very much like they jumped out of a romance novel. Um there's a robber baron type who he's bad. Like we've got to admit he's like, he's a union buster. He's very rich. Like he's a, you know, problematic fave, but he loves his wife so much. And his, um, his wife is like new money trying to social climb. And he doesn't care about any of that, but he will like, if she doesn't get invited to a tea, he's going to go fight for her. Like oh he's, it's just perfect. And he sees no flaws in her. He'll just do whatever <laughs> she wants um so I'm a huge fan he gives a lot of like Lisa Kleypas hero vibes to me a lot of like Reese Winterborn vibes so yeah Gilded Age is a great time you've also got Christine Baranski in there you've got um 
Cynthia Nixon, who played Miranda in Sex and the City. Like, it's just a fun, fun little cast. I highly recommend it. Okay. I don't read a ton of historical romance, but Joanna Shoup has Mm -hmm. a couple of series that are set in, like, Gilded Age New York that are just, like, so fabulous. I love them all. So I think I need to. They are good. I love me some Claypis. Yeah. I love Lisa Claypis. Me too. I'm a little obsessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard Ooh, to argue the Joanna Shoup Gilded Age novels are so good. Ugh, and it's got it's very so much the same vibe in the show. Okay. All right. Sold. I'm here can, for it. Can I ask a sidebar question? Mm-hmm. Okay. So with all of because I know you're a big romance reader too. So if somebody wanted to start, like I know Fallon, you were saying you wanted to do more historical this year. Do you have any recommendations? Mm-hmm. Oh, no pressure. So I no, <laughs> I love it. So I got my start in romance through historical romance. Ah. So I only read historical romance. I think all of high school and college, and I read everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so who am I? Who am I going to recommend? I think to me, like the greats of that time for me were like Courtney Milan, Tessa Dare. Uh, Lisa Clavis. I think I read so like I read I think I started and read like the entire backlist of all those authors um I am obsessed with Alexandra Vosti who has um uh, her debut coming out this year it's called Ooh. Near Do Well Near Duke Well oh my but she also has three novellas that are available now I believe they were free on her newsletter and I think now they're coming out I can't I'd have to check I think they're now available, but um, those novellas are so good. They're like bite-sized historical romance. They've got a real, like, if you enjoy contemporaries, but you've never tried a historical, I would go for, I would try these. They're kind of like a historical rom-com, very Tessa Dare inspired or like Tessa Dare-esque. If you like Tessa Dare's books, um, they're wonderful. So I highly recommend those. Ooh, thank you. I'm going to put a link to them in the show notes so yeah. everybody can check it out. Um, and that title is like everything. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I know, I, that's the fun part about historical romance novels. Like yes. They're so punny. <laughs> yeah, I love them. The titles are always so good. So good. Um, I love Tessa Dare, and I feel like we have been waiting for her next book for like a very long time. And mm-hmm. I want to be like, Tessa, are you okay? What's happening over there? Because we need you. Come back. Oh. Um, she also lives like 15 minutes away from me, so I constantly am like, "Wait, what? Oh, just pop on over." <laughs> what? I'm what? out in the world. I'm like, "Where are you, Tessa?" <laughs> You're like taking the long way to the grocery store every day, <laughs> oh, just driving God. by, see if there's any signs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not a stalker. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> just now a that little book bit is never coming out it's gonna be too scared <laughs> she's like uh actually not happening oh my gosh okay well i love that um i'm definitely i gotta yeah i feel like i just need to go dive in and watch gilded age same it sounds amazing yeah, yeah you sold that good yeah. i'm glad i'm i mean i say all that and i'm still only in the middle of season two like i have not finished it so i need to i need to go finish it you're good i feel like they should hire you as like an ambassador for sure yeah, yeah. i'll take it i'll i'll do some sponsored posts <laughs> love it um okay but the other show that you are also into i am obsessed with are you watching sister wives 
I cannot stop watching Sister Wives. I, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could for like my mental health, but like I so season is so like I so I don't know how many seasons there's there have been like seven. A I mean, thousand. it's a long, yeah. So I <laughs> fell off. Like I didn't watch the middle Same. chunk, but this last season I cannot look oh away. My God. It's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm the same. I think most people are the same. Like in the beginning, it was super fascinating because we'd never seen anything like that before. And Mm -hmm. then it just got boring and repetitive. But then when shit started going down and mm-hmm. it started being like, oh, people are really leave. Then I was like, okay, no, I am hopping <laughs> back on that train. <laughs> Which I have said this before. It makes me feel like a terrible person because I'm just like, yeah, your whole lives are falling apart. Sign me up. Like, mm-hmm. can't yeah, wait we're to like, see. we're cheering for them having agency, leaving a toxic relationship. This is all good. It's all there good you go. stuff. There you go. His life is falling apart, so yay. And, yeah. it, and it should. As it should. As it should. Wait, what's the latest? Phil, I don't watch the show, but I live vicariously through Did Fallon. You watch, like, when it came out on Sunday, right? I think that was yeah. the... So yeah, so me and my sister watched that. She's never seen any. But she... Uh, <laughs> it's uh, So most recently, I think they showed one of the wives who left is getting remarried. So that was like the wedding special. Oh, um, yeah so she seems happy and the family like most of the kids are on board with her being happy and they showed some like shots of him being really upset and bitter (laughs) it's just i I guess people who don't know this is a show about um couple um, with uh, this guy who had four what no three what four wives yeah he had four wives um, and it just used to show their family, but this year, um, I mean, he was really neglect- neglecting his first three wives and only spending time with the fourth for a long time. They were putting up with it. And slowly, like, the other three wives have been leaving over the course of the last year. So it's been fascinating to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm here for every second of it. Um, and Okay. Did you watch, these were hard to find. But they did two episodes that were like talk back episodes. Of course they did. Okay, good. Hang on. I had to them because they were not on HBO Max. But yeah. I know. I was like, how do I find these? I am desperate for them. But it was brilliant. What they did, Court, was they had, so the four wives, one of whom is like watching with the husband, the one who's still married to him. And then the other three are like watching on their own. And so they're watching like the premiere and the finale and like recording their thoughts, like as they're watching these episodes. And I was like, I need this for every episode of this show that has (laughs) ever aired because it was wild. Just listening to them talk about things in the moment being like, Oh, well, that's not true, or Whoa. that's not how that went down. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah, this... for a lot of viewers, I'm sure it was validating, like validating her certain hunches they had, or. Yeah. Yeah. What's so interesting with them is like, I wish that they would do like a real housewife style reunion where they're all in the same room together. Because what they do is like at the end of the season, they have like a you know, sort of like a neutral third party interviewer come in and she talks with all of the adults 
but they don't talk to each other like Mm. at the end of the season. And I'm like, I know that there are things that people say on the show that they don't hear until they watch Mm -hmm. the episodes. And I'm like, don't you want to like talk to each other about these things? Because I want to see you talk to each other about these things. So can we get Andy Cohen in here? I know this is like a cross (gasps) network. No, that's exactly what needs to happen. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing, yeah, it's like all one-on-one and yeah, it's not as juicy as it, as it could be. Yeah. Like I want to hear them like have to go face to face and be like, that's not what I said. Or like to me, Cody is just like so... Uh, he's just like an awful person, but like he says things on the show that I feel like he never like gets held accountable for. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, like he's all mad at like Mary, like, you know, like, but you said on the show that you don't consider yourself married to her anymore. Right. Like, how is she <laughs> supposed to interpret that? Like, what are you doing? Exactly. No, yeah. he is, um, and like for years they've told him, like, you have a favorite like the fourth wife is your favorite you don't spend time with the rest of us and for years he was like no 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 I have no favorites and now he's just coming out and saying like I was only in love with her I was (laughs) never in love with the other three and no one's like doing it like no one's saying anything like yeah no one's holding him accountable for that for lying for all these years it's so much it's just um yeah highly recommend this season like you don't even need to see the others you can just jump in (laughs) it's a great time yeah yeah, just dive right in. You've Don't, heard enough about it at this point, Courtney. You yeah, just, I pretty much know. So know. he's still with Robin. Don't you mm-hmm. think he's saying all that, like, oh, I never liked them anyway, because, like, his pride was wounded? And That's definitely yeah, possible. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean. I, like, I think he's lying. I think he definitely, like... I don't think you can be with somebody for that long and have no feel Like, no. I, and I think he's yeah. probably in love with them at some point, but... Well, yeah, and then it's like, why Why would you marry them in the first place? If you, like, mm-hmm. already were like, oh, I had to force myself to pretend to be in love with her. It's like, that, no, stop. Well, like, I guess that's the weird component of, like, they do, because they do belong to, like, a fundamental religious sect. And so, like, part mm-hmm. of your salvation is tied up in the marriages. So I think that's what he tries to argue, but who knows what's really going on there. That's true. That's true. He's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I- I do want to hear more from the kids too, like the older, the mm-hmm. adult kids, because it feels like a lot yes. went down yeah. in like the family, like the group text. The family group chat. They keep <laughs> referring to it, but we haven't seen the texts. <laughs> I know. Like, show me what happens. And like, these people are adults, so they can mm-hmm. they can say what they need to say. I'm like, I want to know. I mean, I applaud them because I feel like most of them are like, no, I don't want to get involved, which yeah. is the mature and emotionally wise decision but like for my personal sake I'm like no yeah. I, want, I need to just hear like anonymously post the screenshots that'll be it'll be fine go on the reddit <laughs> 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 <I'm up there. laughs> but yeah they've alluded to some stuff that went down the kids are really interesting like they all seem great but I'm sure it was hard like their whole childhood was on the show like yeah. all this I'm sure that's yeah. why they don't want to be involved but. yeah like, I feel like we haven't seen, like, the oldest kid. I think his name is Logan. I yeah. feel like we have not seen anything from him in, like, years. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the older ones will still pop up occasionally. Um, they all got married very young, but they do mm-hmm. seem very happy and, like, in stable relationships. So I'm kind of yeah. like, all okay. of them said they don't want to do polygamy, which I think is interesting. I think probably yeah. just based on what, like, their personal experience with their dad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah 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 yeah. i hope they're all good yeah seriously 
Hope they get a lot of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they need it. Yeah, that's like, that to me is the hardest part of watching is like, I do take a lot of joy in seeing like Cody sort of get dumped three times. (laughs) Um, But his relationship with his kids really makes me like, yeah, so angry because he just is like, he puts so much on the kids. Like, well, they're not reaching out to me. They're not apologizing to me. And I'm like, no, you're the parents. That's yeah. And your if you've job. got like 26 kids and all of them are estranged <laughs> from you, like something's going on. I don't think it's all of You're the fault. problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You have like an he's army against you. <laughs> he really, I'm sure that's why he feels like he's a victim. Like all of them. <gasps> are really mad at him um, yeah. so yeah 29 family members hate <laughs> your guts but it's only their fault he did yeah. nothing wrong <laughs> oh my gosh well and that's the other thing he says that always is so irritating is he's always like well if the moms were supporting me with the kids then they wouldn't hate me and i'm like they're adults and they have eyes and ears and you have said terrible things mm-hmm. about their mothers on, on tv, TV. <laughs> yeah yeah like wow. they're not overreacting here bro <laughs> it's you uh oh my god it's wild. So yeah, so, it's a wild show. It's it's a great time though. <laughs> and I hope it just goes on forever. Like yeah, I want I, the spin-offs of all the other yeah. lives, like what they're gonna do now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wanna follow them along. I wanna see them on dates. I wanna do all the mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Love it. Here for it. All right. Well, another topic I could talk about for hours and hours we alluded to earlier is musical theater, uh, which God, I living in California, that is like the hardest part of living Mm. in California for me is I just am like constantly like on Broadway, TikTok, Uh just being like, I wish I could just be rich and afford to fly out for all the shows. I told my husband we're going to be in Atlanta next month. And I was like, is it ridiculous to fly from Atlanta to New York to see Aaron Tveit and Sweeney Todd? And he was like, yes, it is. (laughs) Is it though? I don't know. That looks amazing. That looks like it's going to be so good. I... I'm obsessed. I can't wait. Um, all right. Well, what shows are yeah. you loving right now? Oh, so right now, so I did see, so I, so I live in Texas, so I feel your pain and like, can't be in New York. Um, but I do see like all the national touring shows. Mm-hmm. So I recently saw the national touring show for Sweeney Todd and around like Halloween time. And that was so fun. Um, and I saw, so Waitress, like, did the televised, uh, or they did the movie theater thing for five days, and it had Sarah Bareilles in the lead. I was, I sobbed. Like, it was a wonderful, Mm. I got to see Waitress on a tour, but I hadn't seen, like, the recording, and it was so good. So I'm always obsessed with Waitress. Um, What else am I really into right now? I, I go back to, like, old school classic ones a lot, because that's what I was raised on. Like, my parents are big musical theater fans, too. And so that we would always have, like, Fiddler on the Roof, Sound of Music, and my friend, like, all the old school singing in the rain. And so I will watch those, like, very regularly. Um, 
I'm trying to think of like newer ones I'm really into. I haven't seen six, but I listened to six. And then um, the Into the Woods, like new cast recording. Ooh. I'm obsessed with that. Like I listen to that like every day. <laughs> but it's great. I, I saw the tour. Well, um, so the Into the Woods, I don't know if they actually toured, toured, but they did a pretty solid run in LA mm-hmm. um, with Stephanie Block and her husband who I can't remember his name but whatever they played like the baker and the baker's wife in Mm -hmm. Into the Woods and it was so good and Mm -hmm. I'm like not a big Sondheim fan like I'm like Mm -hmm. kind of whatever but I laughed my ass off (laughs) in that show first of all and then it was just like they were all so good Mm -hmm. that I was like I might be a Sondheim fan after that. <laughs> I never thought I would say that, but it was incredible. And they were all so amazing. Um, but yeah, that one was like, that one was a highlight mm-hmm. of the touring. I just saw that Funny Girl is coming to LA soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, do I go see that? That's a classic. Yeah. Yeah might have to do that one yeah one of them i want to see Hades town and i think oh, i don't too. know where it is in the tour right now but i know it's touring so i'm hoping to see that at some point soon but... i think it was just here i think it was just okay. in california so it's probably on the move at this point <laughs> i okay <laughs> so my haiti town Hades town story i saw it in new york in 2019 when mm-hmm. i was there for rwa the okay. last rwa conference that they ever had and i am like watching the show watching the show i go to the bathroom at intermission as you do and uh the woman next to me like as we're washing our hands is like did you see that michelle obama is here and i was like (gasps) what (laughs) and she's like yeah she's sitting in one of like the little side boxes and i was like Oh my god. Aww. So I go back to my seat and I'm like <laughs> searching, searching, searching. And if I hadn't known she was there, I never would have mm-hmm. known because she slipped in like right before um like as the lights were going down, she like slipped back into her seat and she's got, you know, her secret service people with her. And I missed the whole second half of the play because I was just watching her like yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. Just like understandable. Yeah. Watching her reactions. Yes. And I like couldn't see her. We were very far away from one another. But it was like I could not take my eyes off her. And then I definitely did another creepy stalker move after the show outside of the theater where I was like, okay, I'm just going to hang around until I see her. And I did not because obviously they knew people were going to do that. But I was just like, I, we, we breathed into the same air. <laughs> You are all of us. I think we all would have (laughs) reacted that way. So I need to see Hades Town again without (laughs) the distraction. You saw Michelle Obama that night. Yeah. That was was more important. Mm -hmm. I have a question. So do you all wait around afterwards to get your playbill signed? Are you or do you not? I never have. I usually don't. I have a couple times. um, So when I was teaching theater we did two like class trips to new york 
Um, so when I was there with my students, they usually were like into that. And so we did it for a couple shows. But to me, it's like too many people, especially in a post pandemic world, you're mm-hmm. like, all up next to each other. And I just I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I think Jordan Fisher just posted <gasps> a TikTok him. about how he's not doing stage door signings anymore. Interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing, but it sounded like it sounded like he was having issues because people are just like pushing, shoving, like yeah. trying to like get at everybody. And he just oh. was like, I can't like deal with this anymore. And so he said he wasn't going to do them, which mm. is really good. Oh my God. Yeah. That's unexpected. I would think of like the theater, you know. Yeah. Fan I guess base. he's like also a real, ce- I mean, like not yeah. the theater people aren't real celebrities, but he's kind of like a, you know, he's got other stuff that he's a star for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know sense. that there are people who will like line up even if they didn't go see the show. You know, like the people will just like join and try to get things signed, oh. so there could be some of that going on. Yeah, I have heard before people saying like, "I'm only signing playbills. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. signing whatever random thing you're ah. gonna bring me." My forehead. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! All right, well, again, I could talk about that all day, but I love it. You- we won't do that to you. Um, all right. So you sort of touched on a little bit what you are working on next, what book two is going to be with your uh, trapped for four days with the hurricane. I love it so, so much. Mm-hmm. Do you have any info yet on like release date or title or anything we can expect? So I think we've settled on a title, but I don't know if I can share it. So I'll have to hold off. Um, and release date, we also haven't talked about that. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be early 2025. Nice. Maybe January, February, something like that. So yeah, we are in the middle of edits, or I'm about to get my edit letter. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I think it will stay still in a hurricane. Like that's going to stay the same. <laughs> but other than that, who knows? But um, oh, I'm excited <laughs> about it. It's It's a little like... I I guess I always have a rom-com in mind when I'm writing. Like the first one was a little My Best Friend's Wedding. This one is a little Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> so the guy she's stuck with during the hurricane is a guy she married seven years ago and she's trying to get a divorce. So there is like it's oh. a little second chancey. It's a little bit, yeah, like the, all the angst of Sweet Home Alabama and the tension also with the angst of being in the middle of a hurricane. So it's a high, it's a high angst. <laughs> We love that. We love the high angst. Oh, so good. <laughs> All right, be well, amazing. before we let you go, can you let everyone know where they can find you online to keep up with all the latest? Yeah, so I um, am on Instagram and other things. <laughs> I think threads. I'm technically on TikTok, but you shouldn't look at it. It's not much going on. <laughs> but, um, the account is Nkumar Writes. And yeah, you can find me there. Amazing. Well, Say You'll Be Mine is out now. Please go buy it immediately. You're going to love it. It's so good. Um, And thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so much fun to chat with you. Yeah, Yeah, same here. Thank you. All right. And thank you all for listening. And we'll chat with you more next week.
Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at court underscore K, K-A-E, on all social media platforms. And you can find me, Fallon Ballard, at Fallon Ballard, everywhere you imbibe your social media. If you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode, you can find links in the show notes. And a special shout out to Zachary Kibbe and Matt Ballard for our amazing theme song. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you next time.